Hey there, it's Erica and Steph, and this is Sit Back and Listen. We're so excited to catch up with you. So grab a glass and join us for Girls Night. It's Wine Down Wednesday. Imagine, it's the year 1994, and we're in New Jersey. Marianne and Bobby Espejo welcome their firstborn, Stephanie Ann Espejo. 55 days later, over in Connecticut, Rosa Maria and Fidel Lascano welcome their firstborn, Erica Alejandra Lascano. 26 years later, we are here to share their stories. How cute. What are we drinking as we go down memory lane tonight? Tonight, I'm drinking the Cloud Break Chardonnay. It's not great, but (laughs) it's what we're drinking. We need to start drinking better things. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, maybe. What are you drinking? I'm having Cidral, which is a Mexican soda, and it is muy delicioso. Cool. So I'm so excited. We get to talk about our parents and their journey. I think what's going to be interesting is kind of the different immigrant journeys that our parents had, Mm -hmm. yours being Filipino and my being Mexican, and just where they were in their lives, I think are very distinct, but have some similarities in the way that most immigrants do. Um, So I'll kick us off with my parents. They're so cute. They're actually from the same village in Mexico. They're 10 years apart, so their paths never really crossed that much when they were younger, but it wasn't until years later when they were both in Mexico City and they were both working that they ran into each other at a holiday party because back then they didn't have like cell phone Facebook or texting but everyone kind of knew where everyone else worked Mm -hmm. and they would tend to get together like for holidays everyone who was from the same village would get together Mm -hmm. and so it was one Christmas my dad's brother hosted a Christmas party and my mom was actually from friends with one of my other dad's brothers because there's 10 of them so there's it's a big mm-hmm. family but my mom went and they danced and they reconnected and like they fell Aww, in love that's cute yeah it was cute and then they came to the U.S. like roughly around two years after that mm-hmm. they worked in Mexico but back then you didn't really make a lot especially like they didn't go to college and they had family in the U.S. already mm-hmm. so they wanted to do like more for their lives and be able to provide more for for their future family and so they went to the U.S. My mom didn't want my dad just to go by himself and just because they recently gotten married and it was just yeah. hard to be apart. So she ended up going with my dad and she got married when she was 21 and they came to the U.S. when she was 22 and then she had me when she was 23. That's young. Yeah, that was their start. They came to they actually came to New New Jersey. I don't know if I ever told you. No, that's why I was yeah. like, that's shocking. Yeah. What part of New Jersey? Um, I don't remember. All I know it was New okay. Jersey. And mm-hmm. <laughs> they got there, but then they ended up going to Connecticut, which is where one of my dad's sister was living. And so they both went over there and they all lived together. Like, I mean, my cousins ended up like all growing together before we moved to upstate New York. And we've been mm-hmm. here ever since. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And And I think we'll stay here, but they definitely didn't think that they were going to stay here long term, but they've built their home here. Like, this is really where they're going to be pretty much, I think, forever. That's cool. And it's not a bad place to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, my parents have a kind of different story. They're both in the Philippines, but they met here in America. And it was because my mom.
mom had worked in the same hospital as one of my dad's sisters. So one night she brought her over with a bunch of other co-workers, just as friends. And then they met and went from being friends to being together. And they came for different reasons, though. So my dad actually already had his immediate family living here because my Lola, which is my grandma, his mom, um, wanted a better life for her children. So she brought them over here. My mom, on the other hand, kind of just followed in the footsteps of her friends. So she didn't even want to be a nurse, but saw the uniforms that her friends were wearing for the university class and thought it was super cute. So she's like, (laughs) "Okay, I'm going to become a nurse. And then after graduating, she was like, I don't know what to do now. All her friends were going America. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to do that too, because she's a Libra. (laughs) That's how they ended up here. Oh, that's so cute. That's so funny. I love that your mom made her career choice from an outfit. Yeah, you know, it's my mom. Yeah, when my parents first got here, so they do teach you English in Mexico, but it's kind of like how they teach Spanish here. Yeah. Like, it's a different kind of Spanish. It's super formal. And like, and my parents only went up to, I think it was like high school. And so Mm -hmm. the English that they received at school was like super, super basic. So my mom actually began babysitting when she came and the little kids that she would babysit would point to objects and Mm -hmm. like if they wanted something they would point at it and say the word in English because like they knew that she didn't know what it was oh so they helped her yeah like they like taught her and I I look at some kids now and I'm like I cannot imagine like kids being like let me teach you this word they're on their iPads and their iPhones like no kids now Mm. (laughs) (laughs) like let me teach you this TikTok (laughs) exactly yeah. It's so different. And my dad, he worked in a restaurant, so he he picked up, like, words at the restaurant and, like, from other people that he worked with. And they used to take English classes, actually. I forgot. They don't do that anymore. Okay. But I would say now, though, my mom speaks English a lot better than my dad does because mm-hmm. she's, like, not embarrassed at all. Like, if she's butchering what she's trying to say, she doesn't even care. Like, no shame. She's just like... Oh, yeah? That's how it should be, honestly. And that's how she's able to kind of get better at it. Whereas, like, my dad gets a little bit more shy and, like, he doesn't want to say it incorrectly. So he doesn't do it as much. So I think that's why his English isn't as strong as my mom's. But his writing Mm. is really good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, both my parents didn't really have a hard time with English or anything because in the Philippines, they teach school in Spanish. So your textbooks and everything are already... Did I say Spanish? Yeah, you did. (laughs) Your textbooks and everything are in English. But so they already had the language down pretty much and they both came with a pretty optimistic attitude because in the Philippines especially at that time America was really looked at as a land of opportunity and in talking to my dad today he was like yeah America you know it's always been much more advanced and progressive and there are a lot more job opportunities and financial abundance however it was difficult because they felt a greater sense of independence here and that's good because you have your freedom but they had to learn how to carry their own weight because oftentimes in the Philippines a lot of homes have a maid or like a few maids to help around the house but here my mom who you know always had help had to learn how to cook rice for the first time or how to cook an egg for the first time in her young 20s which you normally learn yeah like pretty young right but so she had to learn that by watching her friends and just copying their actions for the first time and learn how to support her way herself in ways that she hadn't needed to before because she was the baby of the house and they had some help you know Mm -hmm. And 
Again, as opposed to my dad, who felt pretty accepted and comfortable early on, my mom felt like more of an outsider because even though she was able to speak English, there was still a language barrier there with her accent because having English not be your first language, you still need time to formulate and translate your sentences. And then you feel anxiety about whether or not you'll be understood correctly. So she was always worried that people would laugh at her accent or laugh at something she said because it came out incorrectly. And Americans talk so fast, like, you know, how we just run through sentences. So it's hard to pick up a lot of things. Like even in listening to say like you speak Spanish with your family, unless it's really slowed down, I'm like, I have no idea what you just said. I'm not fluent by any means in Spanish, but I guess it's a similar equivalent to like what, again, like you said, we learned in school. So she would like hang around with her friends and they just kind of like nod and say like, "Uh uh-huh. And then huddle up and be like, wait, what did that lady say? (laughs) And they're just like, I have no idea. And then they go to a restaurant. And then if one person orders like hot chocolate, they're just like, yes, we will all have hot chocolate because we don't know how to order anything else. (laughs) But in trying to like speak clearer, she kind of picked up an American accent. And I think a lot of that actually came from the fact that my best friend growing up was Italian and her mom had a really strong Italian accent. So in certain words like coffee, she says like coffee, like very strongly and it's passed down kind of. And so like, I I don't say coffee, Mm -hmm. but I know that and like certain words, like a little accent of mine comes out because her assimilated American accent has rubbed off of me because I'm like, oh, that's my English, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, aside from the accent, being a born in a first world country affects your entire mindset because being born here in America, you're automatically a bit more privileged, which you don't really realize, you know, until you go back home and you see the difference. Yeah, for sure. My parents made it a point from the very beginning, like my brother, Freddie and I, when we were really young to go back to the village where they were from, just so that we understood like where our roots were and to really, like you said, just be grateful for the privileges that we do have growing up in the U.S. and I remember the village didn't have paved roads. It didn't have running water. So like then they had this like concrete four walls and they had your like toilet and they had extra Mm -hmm. space with like a drainage and you would go and that's where you would shower. Like you would heat up the water over the fire and pour it into a huge bucket with like with water that was a little bit cooler in temperature so you're not like burning yourself Mm -hmm. but so that it could be warm and you would get like this ladle like this little bucket and I remember Freddie and I we were so young and even then we knew that oh my goodness like they don't have running water like Mm -hmm. it just was simple things like not everyone owned a car even to this day I don't think everyone owns a car in that village but it's evolved but my parents always wanted Freddie and I to know where it was that they were raised you know what's crazy I've only been to the Philippines once in my entire life yeah yeah so I went when I was six so 20 years ago and I only Mm. went to visit my mom's area because my mom and dad are from two different islands and in talking about it with my mom I think last year I was like it's just so crazy because even back then like we had to like be hosed down outside for a shower and then I remember taking baths in like a wooden bucket and my mom's like no like we have like showers and stuff I just wanted you to experience (laughs) how I grew up It was a humbling experience, not even a realistic, you know. But that's how I remember the Philippines because that's what she showed me. That's good. But you know, the Philippines is they have AC and stuff now. But 
That's good. But yeah, that's what I remember. And instead of a ladle, we use, we call it a tabo. It's like a little bucket, like designated for showering. Maybe that's what, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's not like a ladle because the ladle's like the huge spoon, right? No. I was like, (laughs) Erica's taking a cup of water and taking an hour long shower for a reason. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's what you're saying. Yeah. It was, it was more of that. But yeah. And I think when I was younger, I remember we went to the city of Oaxaca, which is now one of my most like favorite cities like stuff when we go to mexico like we have to go they have a huge market and like is that where you got me the tequila from did i get you mezcal yeah yeah yeah. so maybe it was now that i go i love it and i love that it's just like there's stands everywhere they're selling food all the time and it's loud but authentic and when i was younger i went with my mom and my brother and i remember i got so mad at her i was the spoiled little brat and like looking back i would have smacked my like oh if i was my mom back then (laughs) like but she you would get the shot yes but she has so much patience for us Oh my goodness, my poor mother. But I would I got mad. I threw this huge fit because I was so little and I had only grown up in the US at like going to restaurants that were clean and mm-hmm. just had it just was different, right? And so yeah. even now they have like some places where they don't even have benches. They're just like crates put together. It's mm-hmm. just like, that's the experience. And it, I love it now. But back then I was like, mom, I can't believe that you would take us here. My dad would never bring us somewhere like this. And I was like, <laughs> how old are I don't you? know. I was young, but still, I don't even know what I was thinking. Like how, or how my mom, why she didn't just like slap me across yeah. the face because I was such an ungrateful child to say that, like to speak to her like that. And it, I mean, we all go through that phase. I can't imagine. I don't know what it was like for her to, to bring her kids and she'd just be so happy to share yeah. part of her culture with her kids and then have your kid kind of be like ew at it I know so that's I think that's what hurts me the most like from that experience is like that I didn't appreciate it but I'm so glad that like she kept bringing us back and that we did yeah. go to appreciate it because it's just so different culturally but it was mm-hmm. a really good experience and I think it shaped who we are Freddie for sure is like huge in music like Mexican music he knows all the Mexican songs like we're both proud of our heritage but he's like the family DJ whereas really? yeah he like knows all the classics like we call them rancheras and like it's kind of like the Mexican version of country music. Oh. They're like super. Oh, because like the ranch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Got> <laughs> yeah. But I definitely am the one who enjoys like going to the village. That's like not really, really his okay. thing, but I definitely enjoy going there more, more than he does. I mean, isn't that the crazy thing? Like our parents came from a world that's completely different from ours and they've made their way over here so we could live totally different lives. Like The two of us are daughters that were born from and raised by hustlers, you know? Like, you and I talk about traveling to all these different places for fun, and we get to do that because our parents traveled here for a better quality of life for themselves and their family. And it just, okay, sorry, theater kid moment (laughs) again, but they highlight this in Hamilton, right? Where these two characters say, immigrants, we get the job done because they're fighting in a battle of Yorktown and they're both from different countries fighting for America, right? And that's the thing, like the anti-immigrant rhetoric is extremely apparent in almost every political conversation that we have. And I think that people sometimes need to be reminded that the idea ideals and the principles on which this country were founded on were intended to apply to everyone 
And then so after the show came out, they made this thing called the Hamilton Mixtape, and they expanded it on this idea about immigrants. And they say in this one song that it's really astonishing that in a country founded by immigrants, immigrant has somehow become a bad word. Yeah, it's so crazy. And it's true. I think we're seeing it more now. But honestly, I feel like it's been a quote unquote bad word for a while now. Mm -hmm. Even when when I was younger, I remember going with my mom to the Mexican consulate in in New York City. We were really young. And Mm -hmm. there was this one experience that just will always be ingrained in my brain. We went to, she was meeting with like one of the lawyers to file some paperwork. And the lawyer was really nice and helping us out. And then needed my mom to either get like a photocopy or like process some sort of paperwork downstairs. And like we went, what she didn't realize that it was like their lunch break. So when my mom got to the window, they looked over at us, but they wouldn't like talk to us. And they kept talking among themselves. And my mom was like getting really upset and because she's like trying to get their attention because she wants to get this thing. And she was carrying around like two young children. It was like me and my brother. But Mm -hmm. you know, when you're young and like, you don't know what's happening, but you can feel the energy. Yeah. And so I could feel like my mom getting angry. And at one point she just like started crying because she was like so Mm -hmm. frustrated that like no one was paying any attention to her. And I think that happens so much to so many immigrants where they just aren't being seen and they're not being heard that I think is just like shows a little bit just how brave and like the hustle that like you need to have as an immigrant to like be able to learn to stand on your own two feet in a country where Mm -hmm. there is a lot of opportunity but sometimes you know that opportunity is like that you have to fight for but those are the types of experience that like are ingrained and like luckily like that's kind of like the worst thing we saw right like we we maybe faced or had to experience like racial slurs because like especially being Mexican in the U.S. isn't always like super favorable but what really (laughs) I I haven't heard that before that's great no that's new to me well now you know (laughs) um but (laughs) I I feel for the kids that have gone through so much Mm -hmm. worse right like there is so much worse that happens and so yeah that's the crazy thing like it's a combination of microaggressions or rather like things that make you feel like an outsider you know so like my mom was telling me today that when she first got here it would be little things when she was working at the hospital and people would come up and say oh where are you from and it's like that kind of Mm -hmm. tone you know like even though yes it's english but tone is universal she completely understands what you're asking and it kind of made her feel like she's being reminded that she's a minority but you know to be fair on the other hand i feel like a lot of filipino culture kind of praises being lighter Mm -hmm. and being american and speaking english which is why we have like lightning soaps and hair straightening things. which actually i think it's in every like racism exists not just like in the u.s but like in any country it's like within the culture itself but it i think it was johnson and johnson and don't quote me on that but one of the big retailers just like recalled all their like whitening things in terms of like really? skin tone just because especially c- coming out of everything with Black Lives Matter and, and just all of that they're reassessing kind of the products that they sell and that's cool what they value as an organization which I think is really awesome yeah. and if it's not Johnson & Johnson it's one of the other Unilever I don't know are they the same one uh, I think Unilever yeah, owns yeah something and Dove right Unilever owns everything <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah like that's 
the issue is people often forget that America was built by immigrants, mm-hmm. you know, because for some reason, colonizers and immigrants aren't seen similarly these days, even though in both cases, you're talking about people moving to a new land to create a home mm-hmm. for themselves. And America exists literally as the America to be quote unquote ours, because it's formed entirely by immigrants and their descendants. Like, that's what everyone living in America is, with the exception of Native Americans, Mm -hmm. you know? So, again, my dad, like, he's proud to be both Filipino and American. My mom has really come to terms with it, and now she's proud to say that she graduated from the Philippines, and she's a registered nurse, and she's now working here with that education, you know? Because coming here, she felt like she had something to prove, and now she feels like she's earned her spot. And especially amidst the pandemic recently, at least at the hospital that my mom works at, she's told me that the majority of medical professionals working at the front lines are minorities. Again, Mm -hmm. the majority of people saving lives are minorities. And my mom has felt really touched, especially recently, because in this tough time, there's been so many signs outside and on the news, people saying thank you to the workers that are now being called essential, Mm -hmm. because they're saving lives, you know, like they're needed right now. The crazy thing, though, is on one hand, she's watching the news and it's a scene saying thank you so much to our heroes and they'll show a whole bunch of people of all skin colors and then without skipping a beat in the next breath they'll show people in cages being deported or they'll show people being beat in the street who have our same skin and yes one it's relatable because we're minorities but more so it should be relatable to everyone because we're human period that's the point And that's the crazy thing about how you can be labeled by where you come from or the color of your skin. And people identify with a person based on those things sometimes and not on the fact alone that they're the same being that we are. And I think that's ridiculous. The thing that I think just we have to remember, we may look different, we may sound different, but at the end of the day, we are humans and we want to love and feel loved. And that's any human being. We talked about how our parents met and like their love story, right? And that could be any love story. That's not a Filipino or a Mexican love story. Exactly. Love isn't different for a Black person or an Asian person. Like love is love and humans are human and we need to learn to be a little bit more humane sometimes exactly we just need to learn to love one another and always going to be stereotypes that we're going to have to overcome but I'm grateful to our parents because you're right like being an immigrant right now isn't something that's celebrated but I'm really glad that we're able to celebrate our parents and their journeys and Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll ever fully understand their stories because we haven't had to live them but we can continue to learn about and celebrate our heritage as a reminder of how beautiful our roots are and how it's really shaped the women that we've become and are becoming before we go i want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who have left reviews on the apple podcast app mm-hmm. thank yeah, you guys. they really do mean so much to us please make sure to follow us on instagram at sit back and listen if you don't already and we'll see you at our next wind down wednesday all right yep. bye bye guys love each other be kind to everyone <laughs> bye